Fangoria Magazine has never been better and now is offering even more horror content for members than ever before. In addition to the four beautiful 100-page coffee table-worthy issues a year, you'll also now get exclusive access to digital horror content like long-form pieces, deep dives, and daily thoughts from the biggest names in horror, access to the Fangoria Vault, and a constant curation of our editorial team's favorite links from across the internet. They take the time to aggregate the most important news and horror in one space so that you don't have to. Become a Fangoria Plus member today and get the best of both worlds, all the horror you crave, on your shelves and on your screens. Go to Fangoria.com and become a member today. Use promo code QUIRL for 15% off right now. Hello and welcome to Attack of the Querwolf. I'm Michael. I'm Nay. I'm Brandon. Hi. Hey. So, really quick, we're all here. We yeah. are. All it's here. 2020. It is. Oh, yeah. This is our first, you know, contemporaneous recording. Yes. So we just want to thank you for bearing with us for listening to episodes that may have had old info in them because they were pre-recorded. Um, yeah, just during the during transition. Our, yeah, our transition it took longer than we thought and. No, you know, holidays. It's a beautiful and thing in work, and we were excited to share them with everyone. <clears throat> yeah, and, and they're good episodes. I'm happy that we got to. Yeah, oh, yeah. I loved your episode last week. <laughs> yeah, me it was too. so fun. It was really fun. <laughs> so fun, and we also have a guest tonight. Hell yeah! Hi. How are you? I'm doing so good. We have the writer and director of Blumhouse's Into the Dark episode called My Valentine, which is now available on Hulu. Indeed. Maggie Levin. Did Yay, I say it right? You did. Yay, Maggie. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for being here. Me. Yeah. How are you? I'm I'm really I mean, other than like like the world is <laughs> collapsing. But it, I mean like it's, it's some emotional way, days way, lately. Way is it collapsing this week? Um but you know, <laughs> a, a pandemic and like you know, the Democratic primary has been pretty bloody and brutal and, uh, you know. Yeah. But personally. You're doing okay. I'm doing good. <laughs> for now. Great. We'll That's great. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I actually got to meet Maggie last week. Oh, cool. Pre-show. Unexpectedly. Yeah. We at ended up at. The Invisible Man premiere. Which was super fun. Was I guess amazing. I guess it kicks off tea time, right? Yeah. That's yeah, a good what, what, way good way in tea time. What did you think? It was uh, awesome. Loved it. I saw it twice. I ended up seeing it that Friday as well. Awesome. <laughs> I would like to see it again. It's just excellent. It's so it's such a well made movie and um particularly like you don't feel the budget size, which Mm-mm. is like it's like it's seven pretty, million, I think yeah, it was. Yeah. It yeah. feels it does feel sprawling. Mm-hmm. And it, it is mostly in like two houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The and, s- establishing shots. Yeah. And her performance is, you know, massive. Yeah. Yeah. she's always incredible and this is uh, i think up there with her best yeah so. i think it's my favorite performance of elizabeth moss i actually really love top of the lake i've talked about oh, that on yeah, the show so much because i love that who's mm-hmm. not in who's not in that show i still have never seen it in the you keep just adding actors that are really famous to their <laughs> show top of the lake? Like you're making it up elizabeth moss is the lead in that yeah. i thought nicole kidman nicole kidman is in season two. Oh, mm-hmm. it's one of those yeah i yeah. don't even think i've heard of this show what top of the it? lake what <gasps> It's from like you must watch it it's okay it's new zealand, new zealand australian okay from oceania she, yes she plays a detective from sydney great and 
I didn't know much about Elizabeth Moss before Moss before <laughs> I saw this show, and I thought she was legitimately Australian. Yeah, I didn't realize she is actually an American doing an Australian accent on a New Zealand show. Right on. Um, and she plays this detective in Sydney who is taking care of her sick mother in a small community in New Zealand mm-hmm. when she has to start using. She has to stay there for work mm-hmm. because something happens. I'm going to check it out. Six episodes. Holly Hunter plays this like seer. Holly See, Hunter. You're making this. Yeah. Up, Michael. <laughs> she like, it's so bizarre. This performance. Nay, you've seen it, yeah, right? Yeah. I love it's it. so good. Now, like after every it's episode, so I would wake up and it was just so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's six episodes. They're an hour long each. It can get very dark. A lot of trigger warnings. Great. But it is. She's so fucking good in that yeah, show. Excellent. Um, but it was my first time seeing a movie at Chinese theater. Oh, <gasps> mine too, actually. Isn't it beautiful it's in there? It's gorgeous. <laughs> like every movie should be viewed that way. Yeah. It's huge. It's astonishing. The Chinese six. But the Gromans, mm. like that screen is huge. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I don't think I've seen one in that. No. Yeah. It was my first time. I like got in there and I was like, how have I never been here before? I know. It's epic. It's amazing. Wow. Well, and I think yeah. if you're like into the kind of, genre and and uh cinema scene in la you wind up seeing things on tiny screens a lot mm. of the time oh like, yeah i feel like i'm rarely in an imax situation yeah that's, and then then it's, and then it's different... like oh the grandeur of yeah it is so <laughs> actually, nice so like you know when they play like before the movie they play like whether it's the company logo or like the movie theaters like mm-hmm. little quick advertisement for itself essentially they're playing it and i was with jordan cruciola and i turned her and i go i feel like the screen's gonna eat me because <laughs> it was so effective and yep. just like drawing you into the screen yep. <laughs> that was just a stupid commercial like, that's yeah. how <laughs> that's how easily entertained i am <laughs> so that's the best way to be it yeah. is tea time brennan let's start with you oh uh yeah speaking of things that i had to see on a very tiny screen <laughs> um Okay, so there's a little story that comes with how I came to came upon this movie. Okay. Um, I have always been interested in or like my my ears always perk up whenever I see something in an American film that's inspired by Bollywood. Um or this in, is not, true. What? This is true about you. Oh. Yeah. Have I, I feel like this before? I feel like you've you've mentioned Bollywood films before. It just feels I know like you're a me, fan. Yeah. But yeah, just well just like I had not seen an, a legitimate Bollywood film, but like I love Jai Ho at the end of Slumdog Millionaire. I love Bride and Prejudice, which is not, not, it, it's an Indian director, but it's not like a Bollywood mm-hmm. film. Um, and even the dumb scene in C- Smash season one where there's a Bollywood number, yes. I'm always just really into it. Um, and Have you I, done Legion? No. Oh, there's a big Bollywood number what? in the first season of Legion. Thing. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. No, please. If you're interrupting <laughs> with information about Dan Stevens and Bollywood, you are very welcome. Yeah. Dan Stevens. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've always been so intrigued by it, but I've not had a lot of access or at least not had a lot of research into where I should even start and as far as like delving into, you know, the massive thing that is Bollywood. And also Bollywood movies do tend to have longer run times, which is something that is an impediment to me in yep. selecting a movie to watch because I have a photosensitivity. So I only have like a certain amount of time in my day that I can watch screens. Um, but I made time in my day. Um, <laughs> there is a movie that is, it is being hailed as the first Bollywood movie to have um, like an LGBTQ main character. Um I've been reading a lot about it, and I don't think that that's necessarily true. 
Um, there's a lot of, you know, gray area. And there's a movie that came out a couple of years ago that has like a lesbian angle to it. I haven't seen it. Um, but there's a lot. Read articles. They're very interesting. <laughs> um, but anyway, the one that I saw, and I don't speak a lick of Hindi. Um, so I'm doing my best. I listen to a lot of different podcasters pronounce it. So I'm trying to aggregate like what they did. <laughs> um, the spelling of this movie is going to be in our show notes and you should all check it out, but it's called Shub Mongol Zada Saftan. Um, and in English it's like, be extra careful of weddings. Mm, um, true. that's a marvelous title, mm-hmm. but for anyone who's seen any queer film, the plot's going to be pretty familiar. It's about a gay couple. They're going to a family wedding of one of them. And the father finds out that they're in a couple and, you know, it's a whole thing. And it's wacky antics of the parents don't get it. And, you know, there's the wacky antics are a little violent in certain cases. And it'll be um, it, it's all played for laughs, but it's a little grim, especially if you have experienced that kind of thing. So there is a trigger warning element to it. But in general, it's, you know, it's the shape of that movie that we've all seen where the parents come to understand them and everything ends up beautifully. And it's interesting because India only recently decriminalized homosexuality. So this is kind of a big response to that, to trying to teach people how to react to that. Um, but it's also a super fun, like lush, vibrant Bollywood movie. And literally just the trailers before this. I'm like, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> so I'm going to be reporting back. And I'm doing my best to learn as much as I can about it. Because something I don't have a lot of experience with. But the Bollywood style is how I want every movie to be made always. Because I wish, you know, when I'm watching The Invisible Man, they would do just a two-minute dance number. Because um, that's... <laughs> Exactly what I want from movies. I want. Oh, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I want spectacle and I want color and I want music. And that's what this movie provides. And like, as far as I can tell, and I will, you know, report back. That's kind of what the thing is. I swear I will not nonstop plug, but I think you'll really like my movie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I, I have. Plug away. It's a real, it's a musical. No, I, I know. I am so sad that I haven't had the opportunity to watch it. Oh, no, I'm just saying. But literally, I, I saw the trailer before, (laughs) uh, like what we do in the shadows, which I was watching on Hulu. Sick. And I was like, this is exactly what I want to (laughs) watch. I actually thought of you when I saw the trailer. It is, uh. I thought of Sam as well. Not subtle. (laughs) It is is loud and colorful. Fuck subtle. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, that's exactly, that's exactly what I want. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably watch it this week. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, this movie is really, really interesting. Um, it's pretty frank about like his own, his parents' unhappy marriage and about the fact that they are kind of thinking about, you know, they really want their son to get married to this woman who's in town and they start to think about, you know, reflect on their own marriage and whether or not that was like a great idea for them. Um, and I won't say, you know, kind of where that ends up, but it's just, it was such a blast. And <laughs> the l- romantic lead of it is one of the hottest people alive. Okay. So yeah, yeah, I recommend it. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Nay? Uh, well, as you know, I did finally catch up on <laughs> I know. I was like gasping. Right I can't now. believe I watched like 16 seasons <sighs> in three I months can. or however long. <clears throat> um, Grey's Anatomy is life. <laughs> it, you know, it really, 
is a it became a problem. I was like, <laughs> you, do you watch it, Maggie? No, it really. Uh, I don't think I've seen a single episode. Missing out on wow. three hundred glorious hours. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> If you watch too much Grey's Anatomy, you will absolutely think everybody has a brain tumor. Like, <laughs> there's not anything that will keep you from thinking that. Um, but I'm really loving and hating where it's ended up. Like, there are parts that I really love. Like, I love Meredith Grey post Eric. Uh, yeah, um, right? And I am truly, truly astonished that I love Alex Karev. I know. Like, I can't believe so I have come to love him. Yeah. yeah. Everyone at the hospital has, too. Yeah. Yeah. Show's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing. But Shonda Rhimes, she really plays. She plays way too much. Like, there, are, <laughs> there are times when I will just burst out laughing because, like, someone just got electrocuted. Uh, like, you run know, over by a car. Stabbed, hit by or, a and bus. I'm just, like, shot. Yeah. I just, like, crash. cackle because I'm like, of course. Horse, you just got ran over Thing? by a monster yeah. truck. I I laugh thinking about that show every once in a while just because I love that Sean Rhymes would be like, You play me in real life, I will kill your character on this TV show. <laughs> and you won't have a job anymore. <laughs> yeah. She did that to Patrick Dempsey. She's mm. like, Bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never was particularly fond of Derek. Same. However, when he died, it made me very sad. Made me sad for her. I hated the character. It just made me sad. I think death just makes me sad. Yeah. But, and they play that fucking song. You know, that (laughs) one song that they play every time there is like, I mean, they don't actually use it every time. It's like for the, for like the single most heartbreaking moments on that show, they played that one song. Chasing That if I just stay here song. Yeah. And I can't hear it anymore. It like literally, uh, my heart, I'll get the heart palpitations. Song? Yeah. If I hear yeah. this song. Yeah, they play it like they. they it was in the musical episode. Yeah. And they, yes. well, that in uh, How to Save a Life was like their big. Oh, yeah. For a while. They even played oh, it in Spanish. I was uh, like, I know what song that is. That's <laughs> like, so good. My heart and now they're still- big. The show's always been really big on music. And they broke a lot of bands in the first like seven, eight, nine seasons. And now they're using a lot of covers. Mm-hmm. Of like In popular the first songs, nine I know. Yeah. Like the other day, the one day I was watching, I was like, "Wait, is that Toxic? <laughs> like a really slow instrumental yes. version of Toxic?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Sick. So hmm. yeah, I've emerged on the other side. I do feel like a different person um, because of all of it. And I, it's very different to like have a new episode come out now and then watch it. It and just doesn't wait. feel the same. It, it feels different. It does feel yeah, different. I love it though. Yeah. Amelia's crazy. Oh my love God. Her. I can't believe I like her too. She's great. <laughs> I did not think I would, would like her. Uh-huh. But I love her. Hate Owen. She's a great actress. Hate Owen. Hate Owen. Bye Owen. Ugh. I, um, <laughs> where did I say I was where I texted you the other day and I was like, nice, we're together. <laughs> playing a Grey's Anatomy playlist. You're in a coffee shop. I was shop. in a coffee shop. <laughs> like they're totally playing a Grey's playlist. Yesterday. Uh, yeah. <sighs> what, so, yeah. What did you think of the musical episode, Nay? I... It's really bad. <laughs> I mean, you know what's funny? Because as a kid, I loved musicals. Like, loved. I, like, still love those musicals that I loved as a kid. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Not particularly fond of, like, new ones that I see now. Same. And also, wasn't in that episode, isn't that the one when Callie, like, they got in the car wreck and you yeah. Yeah. Gonna lose the baby? I yeah. was just, just like, y'all, I do play. love that they wrote a musical episode around <laughs> the, Sarah Ramirez just because she's such a good singer. There oh is God. nothing more important to me 
than, Our... than that woman singing Brandy Carlisle's The Story and just spinning <laughs> around 27 times in that episode. Yes. On a gurney. Our bisexual queen, uh, yeah. Callie Torres. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sarah Ramirez. She's mm-hmm. pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, I just watched that documentary on Apple Plus about LGBTQ representation on television. And oh. she was in that. It's really good. No. Have you seen it? No. Has anyone even, I heard, of even it? heard of it? I have it's, heard of it's it. Called, but, um, you know, Apple Plus lives in the nether. It's, it's, it's literally in the further. The I don't know how to get it. I've ever where it comes from. I got two years free with my new phone. Nice. Oh. <laughs> Are you watching that Dickinson show? I heard that's great. I need to. Do you know Jordan Cruciola? No. She writes for Vulture. She's a fan of the show. She's a friend of the show, I should say, because she's awesome. been on here a couple times and stuff. She loves Dickinson. I, I've been told <laughs> that I need to see it. And there's also a, um, an all bag who's a awesome female filmmaker uh, has a movie on there called Hala that I want to see. I think I'm like, like the bread or like, no, like Gwen Stefani. Like, like it's girl. a girl's name. It's like a Muslim woman's name. Oh, okay. H A L A. But also it could be like Hala. Oh, okay. oh <laughs> my God. I'm so sorry. Uh, or it could be like Hala, like, for Jews, like, hmm. yeah, I'm trying to find the name of this show because I want people to watch it. Um, you know, I glanced at that sticker on the back of your phone, and for one quick second, I was like, Is that a decorated Hitachi magic wand? <laughs> I actually can't tell people what this is because it's actually a prop for my movie, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. And someone actually made it. That was Ellen, by the way. It started playing on my phone because I found it. Um, so I can't tell you tell you what it is on there i'll tell you what it is so on for there. now it's it's a it's a hitachi magic it's a hitachi. Wand. <laughs> so um <laughs> the program is called visible out on television and explores the history of american lgbtq movement through the lens of tv and a five-part docuseries it's really good um it sounds so good yeah i watched that over one day and then invisible man and i'm watching Watchmen finally it's so fucking good it's so fucking good have you seen it yeah. It's really fucking good. Yeah. And nay, speaking of binges, <laughs> I was texting you about this show and I binged the first eight seasons, Roseanne. <laughs> oh God. I'm like doing a complete rewatch of Roseanne for some reason. No idea. Hell yeah. The show is so fucking funny. Oh hell yeah. I've it's done many really rewatches fucking of funny. Roseanne. I did it from the pilot straight hell through, yeah. like fought through episodes that I've always hated. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. It really hits like some kind of Midwest like ache. Yeah. Like not that you want to live there again. Yeah. But it reminds you of home a little so bit. it's so nostalgic. Yeah. Like even the fucking Afghan on the couch. You're uh-huh. like, wow. Okay. <laughs> but there's some episodes where I'm like, wow, this really resonates now mm-hmm. about race. They have episodes about race and identity. Yeah. Pre, and stuff. pre-ambien. Uh-huh. Uh, pre-ambien. Pre-ambien. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll oh just text me the word Ambien sometimes. I die. I fucking die. When people blame things on Ambien, it really tickles me. Even though I can, drugs are real. Like, yes. It still tickles me. Um, yeah. Maggie. Anyway. Yeah. Anything for you that you've been watching? Uh, that I've, I've, been, I've been watching a lot. I mean, I just got started on Love is Blind. I don't know if we're only supposed to do narrative here, but... Um, no, no, you can do anything. I, Literally, we've done Instagram stories I before. Meant to mention like, a book I've watched too. so many, like, lovely, wonderful things lately. I watched um, uh, I'm Not Okay With This, which was wonderful. Oh, that's Sophia um, Lillis, right? Yes. Netflix? Yeah, uh-huh. and it's wonderful and, and 
the same director as um, uh, The End of the Fucking World. Mm. It's, it's gorgeously shot um, and just, it's like, it's like Carrie, but funny. Okay. Um, which is <laughs> sold, yeah. great. Um, but yeah, then I started at the behest of my friends who were going on a hike tomorrow. And they're like, look, if you're not watching Love is Blind, it's going to be a really boring hike for you. Huh. Like, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to watch People this. People are talking about that. Like yeah. Crazy. Um, it really <clears throat> feels like... You know how things come around and you're like, this is representative of the fall of, rep- of civilization. <laughs> um, and it's one of those shows um, where I was. And also it really, if you are like me, like I identify with Oscar the Grouch because <laughs> I love trash. <laughs> and I, uh, I was watching episode two of the show and I was like, I'm, I'm hooked. I, I could... I could totally not do anything for the rest six days, <laughs> this, this six days of my life, and and just ingest. Is the season these, over already? Because we're kind of putting that up weekly. Yeah, and the, were, I guess the uh, the cast reunion is is out this evening. They put um, up a bunch of episodes to start, and then they started. Yeah, putting them out one, one at a time, time, which is wild which for is Netflix. Yeah. yeah, this is the. It's sort of like a combination of a of a bachelor bachelorette, but with. The voice, the initial premise of the voice. So it's like, you know, you don't see each other. They put each other in. They put, You're in like pods. You're right? in pods uh. just talking to each other. And you can't get out of the pod stage unless you're going to get married. And the, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's And you're like, these people are psycho. Oh, my God. I can't wait to watch this. <laughs> the first couple gets engaged after three days. <laughs> They want it out of that pod. Bananas. Yeah, well, and as soon as you get out of the pod, you get to meet each other and then go on vacation. So, like, just get engaged and get out of here. It's nuts. Are the pods, like, big? Yeah, they're, like, comfy. People have their, like, shoes off and and they're chilling, (laughs) drinking in the pods. Totally allowed. I would have to that pod. Yeah. (laughs) 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 He just, like, look, you can't even, it's all hazy. <laughs> Wait, do you do you think hotboxing is farting? I've immediately went to farts for some reason and immediately knew I was wrong. But okay. also I, was like, I would so love pure. to hear an errant fart. Because first of all, I, just say I would absolutely not fart. I was thinking in the Dutch pod. oven. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. would absolutely not fart in the pod? No, sure, I pod. would not fart in the pod. <laughs> well, look, the, no, you not box the, the one thing the other person can do is hear you. What's that, Brennan? The one thing the other person can do is hear you. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it would be hilarious. Yeah. Just an errant fart. <laughs> you know what? You do that in your pod. Gladly. <laughs> 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 On the other end of the spectrum, I did go see Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, that's wonderful. And that's wonderful? Yeah, it's every shot is a work of art and um, I to see that. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it's worth seeing. It's it's a big you cry at the end. It's marvelous and uh and God bless the two of them for walking out in the uh it was is it the Caesars that are like the French Oscars? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah so yeah, the director right. and the lead actress when Roman Polanski won instead of Celine they walked out and, uh, and the videos of them. A bunch of people follow, right? Ooh. Yeah. A lot of people follow. Yeah. It's awesome. It's amazing. Um, but she did deserve to win because uh, not just because Roman Polanski is a fucking pedophile who shouldn't be nominated for awards. Um, but uh, the film is stunning. And that is that out? It is out. It is out. It's it is in out. theaters now. Finally. Okay, great. Yeah. 
Great. Yeah. I wanted to mention a quick book I read. Sure. It's actually a little graphic novel called Agnes Quill, mm-hmm. and it's really fun, and you should read it. Okay. It's like 130 pages. It's five separate stories, and she's this like 16-year-old girl that works for like a government detective agency. And the cool thing about it is you can't tell if it's like 1900s or like 2000, um, but ghosts like come to her asking her for help. Cool. And so she like either stops her family from doing weird stuff or like solves crimes. And then there's like cute little stories where she'll like find a dog, like a dog, a dog ghost for the ghost so they can be reunited. Aww. Yeah. It's really, really, Stop. really cute. Aww. It's like Buffy meets like Jodie Foster a little bit. Not a dog ghost. Yeah. <laughs> dog ghost. But the dog ghost found its friend. That's little girl. So cute. No, mm-hmm. that kills me. Isn't that cute? I can't with that. Yeah. Speaking of dogs, y'all, Michael got a dog. I got a puppy. And she's so precious. Thank you. My first dog. What kind of puppy? She's a mixed breed, but she... She'll be healthy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she is... We did her DNA test. Because, of course. She's 100%. She's 100% lovable. She is 62.5% pit bull, 12.5% German shepherd, 12.5% chihuahua. Yeah. Wow. 6.25% Cocker Spaniel and then 6.25% a bunch of other stuff. Look at that. And she is precious. She's beautiful. Her name is Lady Scooby Strode. Yes. She is related to Lori Strode. Um, and she's so funny. <clears throat> yeah. Her we'll post skin. pics of her. She's squishy. Uh, and she just lays on you. And she's got soft puppy fur oh, she's so on cute. her head. Nay, met her. And within like five minutes, she was lying she's on. Like there. laying on, ugh, which is everything <laughs> yeah. that I want. That picture of you two literally giving high fives. She loves to fives. like press her hands and feet Aww. like up against things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but she's the best. She <sighs> went to daycare today. I do. I'll show angel. you a photo and we'll post one. <laughs> she um. She went, went to daycare today because Brian and I both had to work, and we just like felt horrible leaving her at home all day, and. <sighs> She is the happiest dog when she gets to daycare, and she's the happiest dog when you pick her up. Yeah. She's like, I had so much fun today, thank you, but I want to go home. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to find the perfect picture. They are. Okay. So that's her going to daycare. Okay. Oh, this is the happiest looking dog <laughs> that's her I've being ever like, seen. I'm on my way to daycare. <laughs> oh, my and word. This is her. <laughs> Holy, wow. Molly, this is the smiliest, happiest and then here's like, dog, my I God. am taking my senior picture. <laughs> and then my that was favorite. a nice backdrop. How do you leave the house? I can't. Yeah. I work from home, thankfully. Okay. So, yeah. and this is my favorite. Oh, my God. That is really cute. Oh, I have the, the opposite vibe of dog. I have a, a French bulldog who all looks sad all the time. Um, but which makes him also hard to leave because he just has a set. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Stop with so these photos, cute. my god! Uh, wow. Frenchies are adorable. Yeah, he's a good boy. I was looking at a picture of a Frenchie on uh, Instagram last night, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Can you believe what we've done to wolves?" I know like, this is crazy. I know. <laughs> you guys. Okay, Michael. Okay. I'm obsessed uh, with my dog. I've had her two months. I always wanted a dog when I was a kid, and there were seven kids in my family. I was the seventh. And my parents, and there so was nine of the us. Dog. Yeah. <laughs> there was nine of us in a four bedroom, one and a half bath house. Yeah, no room. So my mom room. was just like, no. And she was also a clean freak, still is. So I was never allowed a dog growing up. And I was never in a position in my life where I felt comfortable getting a dog because I felt if I was going to get a dog, the dog needed to be taken care of properly and deserved yeah. a loving home and deserved 
I like there's I I lived with a guy in college who had a dog and you would f- like at, oh my god <laughs> your dog oh in some days we we learned after the dog ran away <laughs> that like he if he didn't have the f- means to feed the dog so the dog would go like a day or two without food oh, and god. I'm like you, then why do you have a dog man? yeah I'm like don't bring a dog into that um so I wanted to be able to just provide yeah properly and also like be home and love it all day long yeah. No, that's I would feel guilty leaving a dog home for 10 hours a day. Yeah. And I love her. She's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and we are here to talk about it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> oh. I have my first entry in the Krimi Marathon. Oh, that's right. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll talk about the movie eventually. Um, it, this is real quick because this is actually, it's uh, timed because this is my first song parody as requested by people who donated to uh, my fundraiser. Right. Um, this was in response to a donation by Alexia Elise. Thank you so much for donating. Um, and Maggie, um, just to bring you in on what's happening here. Um, I've been, well, back before we swapped over to this network, I mm-hmm. kind of started a marathon of the German Krimi movies from the 1960s. Amazing. Um, they're basically these proto slashers that are like very crime oriented, but there's lots of murder. Cool. Um, they're all made in Germany, but they're all set in England because they're based on a bunch of novels by Edgar Wallace, who's this English crime author. Um, yeah, so this one I watched is from 1961. It's called uh, Die Toten Augen von London, which means Dead Eyes of London. Um, it's directed by Alfred Vorer, who did Gorilla Gang, if you remember that. Um, <laughs> it also co-stars, you know, uh, crimmy favorite Joachim Fuchsberger and Klaus Kinski. Um, yeah, so I prepared a song because that's the level at which Alexia donated. And Perfect. here we go. Hold on. Just give me one sec. Oh my gosh. <laughs> gotta warm Pop off, up. Brennan. <laughs> gotta gotta play in. Okay. <clears throat> gotta get my Kim Carnes voice going. <laughs> His head's completely bald. <laughs> he looks on foggy nights. He strangles when he's told. He's got dead London eyes Describing <laughs> blind men this way Really makes you think twice But Krimi's all have a theme And it was problematic times <laughs> Meant to freak you But might please you If you're also into bears too He's ferocious, but he has just what it takes to rule gay insta. He's got all mixed up in insurance lies. He's got dead London eyes. There's a second verse, don't worry. (laughs) Now the rest of the film, it's actually pretty fun. Same plot as Gorilla Gang But maybe not quite as dumb Another age gap romance (laughs) Wild comic relief This one cop's whole character (laughs) Is that he likes to knit (laughs) (laughs) 
The finale is so bad shit. There's a glass eye and a secret twin, a flamethrower, and an attempted drowning in a laundry vat. <laughs> It was cool, and that is that. This was dead love in us. Wow. Woo! Yes. So wow. thank you so much for donating. No, Maggie, don't leave. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Good wow. job, Brennan. Yeah, that thank was amazing. I, I like to do our fans properly. That I was do. a weird thing to say. You, you give what you <laughs> promise. I do. You I do. like to deliver. You do. <laughs> anyway, um, we're here to talk about a movie. Yeah. Well, are we? I want more singing. Yeah. I mean, do you have a third, stay fourth, tuned. fifth, sixth verse? Uh, no, that's about all I could do. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I actually do like musicals. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you. So we are here to talk about Slumber Party Massacre. Hell yeah. 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 So Maggie. Yeah. Why Slumber Party Massacre? Well, um, it was the first thing that I saw at uh, New Beverly, which was, which was cool. Um, really? Yeah. So this is a relatively new experience. Yes. I can say that. How long ago was that? Uh, probably like eight months ago or something. Oh shit! Yeah, okay, yeah. I thought yeah, you were gonna so say eight years, eight months. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the director spoke afterwards, which was cool. Oh hell yeah! Um, and she was a badass, and I was uh, like, why didn't you make a million more movies? And the answer to that question is sexism, but also, uh, <laughs> you know. I um, laugh because it's true. Yeah. Um, I, I also think that, like, if you look at this movie as a template for what, you know, someone's filmmaking skills are, maybe, you know, there's some question about giving that person <laughs> more money to make more movies. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just like... Uh, ridiculous you know in it's all so the best ways the driller killer you know <laughs> um the the pizza factor uh of wow. this film is yes. really something the fact that you know they're supposed to be teenagers is also interesting <laughs> um you know she went on to amy holden jones who directed this mm-hmm. went on the pizza factor you just said went on yep. to write mystic pizza yep she yeah, which is a, 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 a terrific movie, actually. <laughs> Although she didn't write this. Rita Mae Brown wrote this. Yeah, the author of Ruby Fruit Jungle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a really interesting... mysteries. So do you know this was a, initially, before we get into the discussion, <clears throat> excuse me, do you know this was initially written as a spoof? Mm-hmm. So it was a spoof on the slasher subgenre that was wildly popular at the yeah. time, and it makes sense. 82. Got a good three years of material there. And 81, I feel like... 81 or 83, I can't remember. I went to a screening of My Bloody Valentine recently, and Brian mm-hmm. Collins moderated a Q&A, and I think he said that 81, because I think that's when My Bloody Valentine came out, Yep, that had the most slasher movies come out in a calendar year in theaters, and I think it was like one a week. Wow. Um, And so there was plenty to spoof by then, but the I think the financiers decided, or was it do you know if it was Amy that decided to go straight forward with it? Um, let's say Roger Corman had a hand yeah. in making this movie a okay. reality. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. A large one. Yeah. From what she told. Yeah. So, you know, enough said about that. <laughs> I actually but. think it plays perfectly as it is because I think if you went full blown spoof, <laughs> yeah. I don't think people had the spoof going well then. Cause what was that? 
Airplane well, came out in 1980. I'm talking about for horror. Student Bodies came out in 1981. Yeah, not good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was that was the other one I was looking for. Um, in fact, I played that trailer for Josh Conkle one day, and he during the trailer, which is a 90 second trailer, he posted an Insta story with that poster, and all he wrote was, "I hate this." <laughs> So I think the tone that it has is amazing. Yeah. Where it's where it's just a straightforward slasher that gets very bonkers at certain key bonkers, moments. Bonkers, but also I yeah. feel like it does have a little bit and tell me if any of her uh Q and A eight months ago yeah. lines up with this, but I feel like it she kind of tackled it a little bit like Scream. Yeah. Where she was kind of commenting on what they were doing at the same time. Yeah, well, there was like a, there was definitely like because of the Corman factor and what it was and where it was supposed to go. It was like, if I remember the story correctly, it was just like they pulled the script out of the stack and like, this is what we're doing and it has to have this amount of nudity in it and this amount of death in it. And that's what we're doing. (laughs) And you have one week and and $5. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here we go. Um, I was obsessed with. It was two hundred and twenty thousand. Yes, was wow. The budget. Yep. In Venice. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to because it. Uh, I'm going to actually pull up the the overview on it because it's. Oh, been, interesting. Um, so Amy Holden Jones wanted to make this. Title was initially "Don't Open the Door," and she filmed the first three scenes with her husband, who is a cinematographer. He yes. shot it. They got equipment from USC. Or University of California, UCLA. So, as I recall, he's like a very famous cinematographer too. I think he worked with Stanley Kubrick at one point. Really, Let me Scorsese, double check on Ivan that. Reitman. Um, but they shot those three scenes in their house, their own house, over the weekend for a thousand dollars. That's fantastic. And that's how they got the financing from Corman. Yeah, because they showed him that, and he's like, "Here's some more money." Isn't that crazy? That's wow. awesome. She um, turned down a job editing ET. To make this movie, what wild. a time in Hollywood! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wild. So, for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, here's a breakdown of it: A lunatic escapes an asylum and stalks some girls at a sleepover with his drill. With his drill, yeah, that's really it, right? There's like, yeah, and the and the kills are creative. They like really are creative. Disemboweled. I do think that it it does. You see, I, I saw that movie and I was like, I see a lot of scream a lot of the scream kills in these kills and mm-hmm. the structure of it. Um, and I don't know, man, I love, I just love camp. And because I was such a, I was such a Frady cat as a kid that I couldn't engage with like really well-made horror until pretty late in my life. So horror that I really understood that I could like laugh at this, this, Brought me back into that place of like, oh, I feel I feel safe here. I can watch a lot of blood and gore and ridiculousness because I'm I'm comfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's a good gateway. Yeah. And also, it's fun. It's yeah, really fun. So I fun. saw it for the first time when I was like 19, and I actually have memories of it being an effective scary movie to me. Though. Awesome. Like awesome. effectively, like being like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that was like the burgeoning gay in me <laughs> seeing something that I didn't know was there yet, or if I genuinely thought it was scary. But I, I remember- think the part in this, because there's a portion in the school, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, where he's stalking one it- of the girls from the basketball team. Yeah, yeah. that part actually very frightening. To yeah, me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Although I was texting Nay last night and I was like, this poor girl. Like, yeah. She was going to bleed out anyway. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, There's a lot of oh, blood. Oh, yeah. The blood on the floor uh, is what takes She wipes off. up the blood on the floor and then puts it back on her arm. Oh, <laughs> man. Like, well, if you weren't going to die, the staph infection <laughs> would get you eventually. Oh, yeah. In a lot. Oh, in no, lock- Nay. You and already know how know, I feel yes. about that locker room floor. Oh, yeah. yeah. All of them walking around barefoot. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> What's the what's the <laughs> thing wrestlers get that they like literally have to like ring foot? No, not ringworm. It's worse. Is it staff infection? Maybe super ringworm. Where that's like super literally like close down the gymnasium. I think and it's staff. Get, like, fungal infection. I think it's staff because staff is really contagious, right? I mean, it's and dangerous, and deadly. Yeah. <laughs> so you saw this for the first time eight <laughs> months ago. I saw this for the first time over twenty years ago. Nay, what was your first experience with this movie? Uh, I was in high school. Um, and I wish I could remember <clears throat> what I watched it on, like how I even, ha- I don't remember how I got access to it. I bet, I bet VHS yeah. or like up all night. Oh, something like that. I was up all night. Uh, um, because I was at my pastor's house. What? You remember that? Yes. Oh yes. Hell I remember yeah. every, so you definitely didn't bring a VHS tape in there. No, 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 no. Although we did rent movies to watch at his house because I was friends with his daughter, really good friends with his daughter. And we would rent, we would go to family video or blockbuster uh-huh. and rent things. Um, but I think it was up all night and, I I was scared. I remember being scared because I was home alone a lot by myself. Uh-huh. Or like I was at that person's house with one of my girlfriends and like, you know, and so it was scary to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept wondering why the fuck no one would just run away. I was like, <laughs> all of these people seem able bodied and like they can just like run a few blocks away. Yeah. But no one's doing that. When I think I told you last night, like I texted you, I was like, the only thing I find really confusing <laughs> about this movie is like the layouts of these houses. Yes. <laughs> like you get no sense of like what this house looks like. No. And I like, every time I watch it, I'm like, why does she care if the garage is unlocked? Yeah. It's not attached to the house there's a whole other door you could lock right like that (laughs) door that goes to the backyard that you have to cross a pool to get to the garage (laughs) but she does say something like my dad has a lot of stuff in there so i don't know if she's concerned about her dad's stuff boxes seems right there's a whole car (laughs) in there there's a whole car in there y'all could just drive away in it also like right before that you saw a creepy man in your window and then saw a doll with blood on it (laughs) and you didn't deduce that maybe you should just shouldn't just lock the back door hon lock all the doors lock all the windows uh it's so good though it is so good i'm like is like six houses being used as one (laughs) yeah like right like yeah. the layouts of both houses i just Very could not grasp yeah i'm like is she watching tv on a back porch like what <laughs> <laughs> brendan when was the first time you saw it um i was also in high school the first time i saw it okay. I, I ran kind of these slasher movie nights for my friends so i would great. thank wow. you yeah um i would order discs from uh, netflix in the mail uh-huh um it's all very <laughs> exciting um but yeah i remember you know just having fun with it i feel like it's not a particularly scary movie to me in general, but I feel like I'm more scared of it now just because of the specter of sexual menace that hangs over the whole thing. Like it's a grotesque kind of shadow that's on it. And obviously that's the point, but I I think that part is 
effective. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, yeah, no, I get this now. Because in high school, I didn't understand anything about anything. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I think I was watching it last night. It's a 75 minute movie. It's perfect. (laughs) And that kind of came up in my head Mm -hmm. about how voyeuristic and a little icky the movie feels. Mm -hmm. But then I started wondering, it's not a male gaze. Because it's directed by a woman. It mm-hmm. was written by a woman. The entire cast is women except for the two guys that are clearly gay. And the killer. And the killer. And then I started wondering, is it potentially that it is the male gaze but told from a female perspective? And that's why it feels so icky because women absolutely. know what that feels like. I think 100%. Does that make sense? Okay. And every yeah. dude in that movie was a creep. Even the neighbor. Like, oh yeah why is he I right his snail hunt. you gotta hunt snails right now yeah. with a meat cleaver <laughs> I don't think so no oh, man, I like how she was just like oh my that. dad does snail hunts too <laughs> that's right. number 54 tonight what the fuck where do you live <laughs> what was that person's name? what was that girl's name Kim when, uh, is it Kim I don't know the one that had the USA like uh, jersey dress on <laughs> when she pulled out that big ass bag of Maui Wowie Yes. I'm like, damn! You really didn't hold back. You brought, yes. a, brought a whole bunch over. <laughs> she like, brought like, so much. I She's won't like, tell I'm on you. Kill all of you tonight. And the creepy neighbor. I won't tell on you if you don't tell on me. Basically, yeah. You're that was totally yeah. like a groomer. Yeah. Don't tell mom and dad. Yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you a pass on this if you don't tell your parents on me. God, I love that scene. I think, and is, is it Kim? I don't remember Here, the, the blonde up. person's name. I think she's the girl that had the pigtails during basketball. Yes. And Courtney keeps opening the fridge. I to love my that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love that so much. It was so good. Yeah, there are Kim. those moments of this movie that are that do remain genuinely funny and like kind yes. of spoof worthy. Like obviously the famous like eating pizza on top of the corpse of the pizza boy. Yeah. Yes. So good. The, everything yes. involving the pizza boy is is sort of like that hits me where I live. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. the, the opening the door and his eyes are drilled out. Uh, it's like, oh, God bless. This yes. is marvelous. Just like throwing him down the basement steps. Yep. <laughs> and did Amy talk about that at all during her? The uh, the I'm wishing like that I could remember because it was also it was a double feature. Got it. So it's probably and like it was a quick very talk back fast. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I just the main thing that I. I don't remember a lot of information about what she said. It was your first time seeing it, so you're probably digesting yeah, the movie. Like, yeah. But also, I remember just being like, I want this woman to be my aunt. She had just uh-huh. such a cool, like, very jaded over the Hollywood situation vibe. But she was also like, I think um, a lot of these sort of legacy kind of showings of movies where the directors show up, I, I, re- I remember... Uh, a Senespia screening of Empire Records where the director was there and he was like it's wonderful to actually witness people loving this movie because mm-hmm. that didn't happen when yeah, it like came out yeah like their memory of it is so different yeah and yeah. she was having I felt like a very similar experience she was like it's That's so awesome. great to be in this room with all these people who are really enjoying it and loving it and laughing at it and because you know that was not the case right 30 years ago <laughs> yes. have you ever seen any of you seen going to pieces the rise and fall of the slasher movie no so it's a documentary it was made in like 2006 or 2007 and it literally just goes over the rise and fall yeah of the slasher movie over 90 minutes and it's a really 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 well done documentary that manages to cram so much information in a 90 minute runtime mm-hmm. it's actually brennan i'm surprised you haven't seen it you would love i have it. seen it oh you have seen it yeah have you seen it no it's great 
she's in it. She's one of the talking heads. And I think the thing that I liked most about that documentary, instead of just having them sit in a chair and you see like from here up, Mm -hmm. they're in a very interesting place. Like the guy that directed When a Stranger Calls is in a cemetery. (laughs) His entire interview is in a cemetery. I think it's him. And she, I believe, is in a cemetery too. Like they're all standing. You kind of see their movements and stuff as they're talking. She is so brilliant in the way she speaks about film itself. But in that documentary, she really stands out as one of the few female voices in the documentary mm-hmm. who had directed a slasher movie. And shit, 13 years later, she'd probably still be one of the few women that yep. would be in a documentary about it. But I just I bring it up just as like, A, go see it. B, you get a really good insight into just the genre yeah. from her and her like five minutes of screen time. But it's also just a really fun. Yeah, movie. I would re- I would recommend looking up any interview footage with this woman because I think that's kind of why I wanted to talk about the movie in general because I was like, just this lady is uh, Amy amazing Jones is and awesome. is very smart about filmmaking and and, and 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 you would not connect those dots necessarily from uh-huh. seeing that movie and yeah. like really smart about film but when you watch that movie when you watch slumber party massacre and i can't believe i'm actually talking this way about slumber party massacre yeah. thinking i'd come in here and be like it would just be a riotous goofball fest there is some really there is a deft hand there yeah and there are parts of it where you're like this person really and that, that's why I'm like i wish she's doing that there could have been more films that she you know more films from her kim is a perfect example the character nay brings up mm-hmm. i watched it last night and part of me was like holy shit this performance is on purpose mm-hmm. the <laughs> way she's acting like is kim the little sister kim is no. the no. Kim's the bl- she's blonde, blonde. she, she brings the, the big bag of weed yes okay she's she, one in the refrigerator yeah yeah Yes, and of course, I was like, I think this is a <laughs> the per- one in like the these are choices that she made on purpose between her and the director to act this way, yeah, and to act like a bad actress because well, it goes with what they're doing in the movie. There were, I do remember her. I'm sorry to do all this secondhand, poorly remembered anecdotal stuff, but I remember <laughs> her saying that a lot of the people that are in the movie were total non-actors like they found them yeah. around uh-huh. or they probably were like in <laughs> yes acting school or yes something uh in la but um let me i'm gonna just like look up some on the sly information they also made a ton of sequels they this made three insane. or four right uh there's three in total yeah and then there's the two sorority house massacre movies which are like kind of incestuously linked yeah i love those movies too this the sorority house massacre two has a flashback sequence to like oh what happened in this house way back when and was and it from slumber party massacre yeah it's just <gasps> clips of slumber party massacre yeah that's amazing except, except they're like a father 80s. killed his daughters and it's like that's not what happened sure. <laughs> um i love valerie in the movie also we totally forgot about <sighs> valerie oh, the yeah. baddest fucking yeah. bitch mm-hmm. i know you're gonna say shady summaries shady summaries yeah did anyone did anyone bring, bring one is that like the quick quick yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, mine is just prepare. the greatest seventy-five minute movie ever made. Mm. It's not shady. Mine was like, please run away. Uh, <laughs> please leave the house. Um, There's eight of you. There's so many. Yeah, you can take this guy. Uh, and mine was remind me which fa- which wave of feminism is this again? <laughs> so I want to read. We did before you got here. We broadcast live for the first time on instagram just us preparing for a show which we have never done great before. so we said to the folks watching like feel free to send us messages questions while we're recording we might read them out and someone just tweeted at us uh <laughs> at hello sock monkey on twitter nice 
saying, can't wait for the Slumber Party mass ep- Massacre episode. The SPM movies meant a lot to me growing up in the 90s because at the time they were the closest I had to horror movies from something like a gay perspective. And That's pretty cool. I feel like this tweet and Valerie kind of go together. Mm-hmm. So let's discuss. Is this movie gay? Are the characters gay? Well, there are a few things that are definitely gay. Trisha's shoulders. <laughs> Those are gay. Those are the gayest shoulders I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah, what did I say? You could stand on them? Easy. Yeah. Oh, easy. Easy, yeah. She's at the bottom of the I pyramid. Love I, I love her. I love Bottom of the pyramid. I love Trish for sure, but um, I was not, I remember when I first saw, I was not expecting Valerie to be so victorious. Like, uh-huh. like, what was that? Was that a machete? Like, what? Yeah, was, yeah. that's what a machete. Was that? That was a machete. She did so much with that compared to like their gym teacher. I'm like, you can't beat his ass with like the fireplace tool. Mm-hmm. What is that thing called? Uh, poker. 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 You could have done some damage with that. Stab that fucker in the you head. You barely with that. did anything yeah. with that. You deserve to get your guts cut open <laughs> because you wasted all of that opportunity. Um, it's funny because. The, earlier this week, we Brian and I watched a movie, and I don't want to spoil the movie, but it was a, one of the a movie where the lead character, um, which some people call the final girl, actually ran after the villain Ooh. in the movie, and he was like really struck by that. He's like, "I don't think you've introduced me to a horror movie where a character actually does that mm-hmm. on purpose." And I was like, "Well, there's little moments Valerie I can think of." It. Well, that's I, Valerie did it. Valerie, Valerie fucking, fucking did it. Did she it. took yeah. off running she did it twice. Him. Oh my god! She did it I fucking lost twice. It. And then at the end, um, with Trish, Trish comes. Trish running does it out too. The and Courtney, Courtney, Courtney runs out and just like Courtney. jumps on the guy. Good thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good. Thing. I was like, she better jump on his back right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Courtney's the only one at the end of the movie, which I love. That isn't like shrieking. <laughs> She's just sitting there going, "Holy fuck! I just killed this guy." <laughs> And she's the youngest one. Like, mm-hmm. she's kind of played as, like, this 80s, yeah, like, younger little. sibling yeah. in a sitcom. And it's, like, yeah. I kind of love that character. Well, and it's, yeah. it's, it's the, it's, it crosses a lot of, like, dotted lines of age where it's, like, a 20-year-old playing a 14-year-old who is acting like she's 10. She's that giant lollipop. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's oh, just very, like, kiddie. That's a really good way. the lollipop. It's, it's. <laughs> That is some solid problem. Really, a twenty-year-old yeah. playing a fourteen-year-old acting like a ten-year-old <laughs> that masturbates. Oh my god! Yeah, a really horny ten-year-old. Yeah, I love how you see you literally <sighs> see Trish like use the soap bar of soap between her ass cheeks. Like you uh, literally yeah. see her watch her ass. And I her love. Like, uh, can you hand me that part? <laughs> She's like, yeah, sure. I'm worried about the coronavirus. <laughs> I also love I like is when, it in your ass? <laughs> it's in your whole body if you have it, right? Um oh. the coronavirus. The coronavirus. Um, yeah. So if I love when someone walks in and she's like, Oh, your boobs have gotten bigger. Or did yeah, she say mine. tits? <laughs> yeah, two of them. <laughs> two of them, two of them say mine, mine and then giggle. Mine. <laughs> I mean, this is a movie that's centered around the driller killer. So like, you know, we're we're and and I did you I do think that um, you know, of all of the I mean, most murder weapons are phallic. They're phallic, yeah. Mm. But a drill, it's really an extra level of... Mm-hmm. It's a really big... You know, and then the girls in the end, you well, know, take it out. It's gone. Well, that's the thing. Out of here. He's yeah. literally saying, I love you. Yeah. So he's uh, like... Yeah. 
It's mm-hmm. totally. And then they, she circumcises him. Mm-hmm. Not even circumcises him. She she castrates him. Yep. Via the drill. It's amazing. <laughs> the shot, I really, you know, I, I love the shot of the drill between his legs on her, freaking out, backing up this oh, way. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's marvelous. <laughs> and how he's like impaled with the machete. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. So yes. good. How about the hot dogs on old boy's face? <laughs> <laughs> Here, we don't have any steak. What does one, on one of them say? Like, I don't think a hot dog's going to work for the swelling. <laughs> <laughs> but I totally relate to that. Like, um, Sergio just hurt his foot recently, and I handed him a bag of frozen spinach because, like, this is all we well, have. Well, that's like a that nice pack. Is not like a like a yes. air, like a lone hot dog. <laughs> That makes sense. A bag of frozen vegetables that absolutely makes sense. All those spinach kind of separates and yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, like peas or corn would be great. Yeah, that's really you want an evenness. Mm -hmm. But But yeah, yeah. I get not not just a cylinder. Yeah, Yeah. bowl of Twinkies. Trish was saying (laughs) a bowl of Twinkies and a bowl of cheese puffs, and she's like, "Let's order a pizza." Oh y'all, high off the Maui Wowie, right? <laughs> like, they want nothing to do with those two boys that come over. Yep. And I love that they're, the boys are like, we need to do something to help the girls. And they're like, let's make a run for it. And the girls are like, okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I wish they would have whooped those boys' asses. Like, I if two too. boys came over and removed we're, fuses yeah. from my fuse box. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're clearly leering at us through the window. Correct. <laughs> like, you're getting your ass whooped. Yeah. yeah. Fuck? And I know Trish could do it with those shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking throw them over them. my fucking shoulder and. Uh, it's so good. <sighs> There's a lot of really good hair in this movie, also. Just like really good for for me <laughs> I, for somebody that has none hair i love that uh, the freedom they all have yeah they're all oh, just yeah. like let's get undressed in front of each other yeah. put on their like trish's nightgown mm-hmm. it's just like a large baseball tee <laughs> it's very comfortable it's, it's, it's a see-through doily <laughs> yep. uh, is it jackie who ate the pizza on yeah time? jackie yeah. her little negligee uh-huh. okay yep. oh, that was <laughs> I feel better already. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you just sent me into one of the worst flashbacks of a sleepover that I had. Um, Your negligee, you left it? (laughs) No, when I was a child. um, I mean, I do this now still. Um, I sleep in just a pair of gym shorts. Yeah. But when I was a child, I did not understand that people could see into them if I was sitting in a certain way. (laughs) Um, And I was at a. I was at a sleepover sitting cross-legged and just flashing everybody in the room and did not realize it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was was a dark time for me. Uh, The first sleepover that I can remember was my cousin's ninth birthday, so I was like five, um, Mm -hmm. and she let me come. I don't know why you would want a five-year-old at your your nine-year party. Mm -hmm. So you already know I was annoying because like I'm five. And I yeah. decided that it would be absolutely hilarious if I put my underwear on the outside of my pajama pants. <laughs> yeah. You like, were right. And I thought it was fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. And I remember those bitches roasted me. Like, oh. they were so mean. <laughs> Nine-year-old. And I was like, this shit is hilarious. I don't know what you're talking about. You. But also my feelings were very hurt. Yeah. But yeah. for years after that, I would think about my dumb ass putting <laughs> the underwear on the outside of my pajama pants and just be like mortified that's like some primal trauma man <laughs> it really is at five yeah i'll stay with you yeah i saw a meme once and this was me as a sleepover kid um like 
I don't know if it was like one of those gay culture is or like, you know, you were a little gay boy when, mm-hmm. and it was like, you knew you're a little gay boy when you would call your mom to come pick you up from the Oh my God. I was just about to tell you this story. I always. I can't remember how many sleepovers I never stayed because I'd get scared <laughs> yeah. or I'd want to go home and I would like cry or I would do something. I'd be, I don't feel good. It's the point that my parents would have to come get me. And eventually got to the point where my parents are like, we're not taking you to the sleepover. You're going to come home. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And I think the first sleepover I ever made it through, I was like nine, or, like maybe nine or 10, maybe even it's older. Still young, yeah. Yeah. Those are, they're difficult. They're very stressful. Also, and at some point, whenever, home. yeah, I, I never liked the part where like everyone went to sleep and I was still awake. Mm-hmm. I found oh, very, same. very harrowing, even though there were probably other people in the room who yeah. were also still awake. Yeah. I just had this fear of like, I'm the only person left awake in the whole world. And yes. Oh. I used to be dead. That too. And like, yeah. someone's going to come and kill me and kill me. Someone's going to come and kill me. And you see yep. like other families' habits and they're weird. Yeah. And then you realize that your family's habits are also weird. Yeah. And it's just an eye opener. But yeah. Memento Mori. Uh-huh. Oh. Way. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Michael, that is literally my exact slumber party experience. Other than that one from that I'd mentioned earlier, I, I, I was the slumber party vanisher. I would never be there in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you'd make it out alive. True. Yeah. Um, but no, I just like, I just could never sleep. And then I, could not handle that well and i would start crying and call my mom at 2 a.m yeah Yeah. and you know i got sick of watching boba 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 Bo on cartoon network and then i would call my mom um i would like enjoy the shit out of the sleepover like the pre-sleepover yeah like the games and all the Mm -hmm. fun and stuff and then as soon as it was like nighttime within 30 minutes that phone was fucking ringing (laughs) yeah yeah the party is good the slumber (laughs) not so much and really dark story about how i fell away from god um <laughs> one one morning after i called my mom to take me back from a sleepover i woke up and i really regretted it i was like i wish i was there still like i wish you know my friends didn't wake up and i was just gone um which i'm sure they <laughs> expected Brennan? at that point but i i didn't really believe even at this time in my childhood but i prayed so hard for like for time to reverse so i could like set it right and do better this time and yeah that's why you know i'm not christian i um, (laughs) am no time time travel for me would you do a sleepover now like an actual sleepover not like a sleepover with a significant other but would you so like i literally text friends recently i forget what it was for but I literally said, why don't you guys come over and do, we'll do a horror movie marathon sleepover. I wanted my friends to literally sleep over. Yeah. And they were like, no. <laughs> yeah. You can ask the right I, people. Yeah, I would say yes. Would you do a sleepover? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would sleep over with Scooby for sure. Oh, my God, right? Um, and I literally I, wanted to like move the coffee table yeah. and oh, yeah. have the entire living room floor blankets covered everywhere. with blankets and pillows oh, yeah. and everyone would have slept there. Man, yeah. all I but, want to do in my adult life is do-overs of the shit I got yes. wrong when I was 9 and 10. Like, Absolutely. 100%. Well, my brother, and he still does it now with his two kids who are a senior and freshman in high school, and they love it because yeah. it's like one of the family things that he does with his wife and his two kids. And he used to do this when we were kids is he literally, my brother, Jimmy would take every pillow in the house, literally every single pillow. And that included couch cushions Mm -hmm. and put them in the living room on the family room floor. And he would just lay in it and watch television. Yeah. Like a movie or something. And he does that with his kids. And he started doing that with his kids when they were little. And like one time I went over there and Celia was probably like 16 and Seamus was probably like 12 or 13 and him 
Mary Kay, his wife, and the two kids were all laying in the middle of their living room on blankets and pillows. And I was just like, that looks like so much fun. Yeah. And he's like, it is. And the kids are like, yeah, come on. <laughs> like, come on Lay in. Down. You know? And like, what? I just, I don't know. I just think it's cute. Because like, mm-hmm. you would think most 16-year-old kids would not do that with their mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And Celia was like, this is amazing. No, a floor bed? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Floor Maybe fort. my family is weird, but we we did a lot of yeah, that. Yeah, he called it fl- floor, floor bed. Floor, floor <laughs> fort. He'd like make a fort. Nice. I still have friends who I'll, I'll be like, you know what? Let next next Tuesday night, I'm coming over. Let's have a summer party. Yeah. And like watch movies till like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. 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 I'd probably last till like 1030, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the problem. <laughs> I Like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> that does sound great, but I love sleeping in my own bed too much. I do too. <laughs> that I, I, I would, I would creep away. Well, I that's would tell why them. I I've learned my lesson. You would still do but... the same thing and then you'd want to reverse time. And then Nay and I would text you and be like, Brandon, you missed the party of the year. And I'll be like, I'm still asleep. It's fine. I think eventually I figured when I was a teenager, I figured out that I just had to host all of the slumber parties. Oh, I was just going to say, problem. I would insist Life on hack. hosting this yeah. so I could sneak into my bed while you're also on the floor. Yep. Yep. <laughs> With my dog. Yep. Man, hosting the slumber parties used to stress me out because I was like, we cannot fuck up anything. Like my mom <laughs> will be up our ass. And my mom loves <laughs> totally. to remind me of this one time oh. that I had two friends stay over and she said at like five in the morning, we decided we would make donuts. <laughs> um, and I remember one of my friends, she always got me in trouble doing dumb shit. She was like, I absolutely know how to make donuts. We can make donuts. And my mom said, we tore up that kitchen. <laughs> and I just can't imagine leaving a mess. Like, I can't imagine doing anything that would stress my mom Donuts. Out. But she said, we really fucked it up. Did you turn a light on or was it just completely in the dark? Like, we're just... Uh, you know, I only remember certain parts and that's probably for the best... <laughs> Because I'm sure that I was in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I, I didn't get to host a lot of sleepovers as a kid because the house was full and my mom just hated having another child. In the house. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Seven and kids. She would, seven. Yeah, that's a lot. And she yeah. would wake up at everything. It's mm. so, like you couldn't do anything. Yeah. Whereas like some kids' sleepovers were like a fucking free for all. Mm-hmm. They'd have like six kids in the basement or six kids in the living room, and the parents just you'd never see the parents. They'd be like, "We're going to bed, bye." <laughs> And you my know, mom like, was like buying weed from my friends, so <laughs> I kind of do whatever. Um, but that was mom's house. The only slumber party I threw at dad's house, um, it went fine, and they went out for the evening. Uh, and then about six months later, I was, I wasn't even questioned. Friends of my parents were questioned because I had a little angel child reputation um, about the weird chunk of ice floating in the vodka bottle in the freezer um which had come from me and my idiot friends drinking the vodka and replacing it with water water. oh my god (laughs) um but i wasn't even suspected they were literally like the vodka went bad like what but they had this discussion with their friends in front of me like what a mystery how did this happen (laughs) vodka went bad Don't drink the vodka. The vodka went bad. Yeah. If there are any uh, young folk listening, um, don't replace yeah, don't the vodka water. with water because it will freeze. Did, that is uh, so, you know, like so that's child. like a Bill Nye the Science Guy episode. Oh, yeah. That's great. But I it's so that. rookie shit. It, it's so like kid thinking. <laughs> yeah. I would have done that. It's clear. Yeah. Yeah. So what was, where were her parents going? Trisha's. Good question. They were going on like some sort of trip. Yeah, they were, you know, <laughs> going <care>. away. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wanted to know. I want to know. 
And did she, they didn't know she was having a sleepover? No, they did. They did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My question is why was that her 18th birthday that day? Was that I'm a birthday like, party? No, no, it wasn't, right? But like I just felt like when she woke up, she was decided like I'm 18 today, I'm going to throw away all my dolls. Oh yeah, why? Except yeah. what was that? Except for that creepy that clown weird, nun doll that she had, she's like this one stayed. But like why yeah. why did she do that? Well, Michael, she, is your phone flashlight on? Yeah. Yes, it I accidentally is. hit it. Cuz she woke up, she's like a took her shirt on, put a dress on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then pa- started packing up her toys. But I'm just like, what does this have to do with? It doesn't come back happens, around. The doll yeah, does. Ever. The doll from the trash does. But I'm like, was she like prepping for her friends to see her room? But she oh. like threw them away, away. Yeah. yeah. Really. So I really. So when I first saw, I was like, is was this? Is she 18? Like, is it, she's like, I'm grown now. 18. I have to yeah. Away my shit. But it wasn't. It wasn't a birthday party. So yeah. Like had nothing to do with the rest of the movie. No, but I can yeah. see that. I like the angle of my friends are coming over. They can't yeah. see my dolls. But I know me, like with my stuffed animals. Yeah. When I was a kid, I would have hid them. Yeah. Because I would have died if I had thrown them away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, like, I still have a stuffed animal now that I'm obsessed with. They have with. souls. Me too. Yeah. You just trash them. Yeah. My elephant Chuck is a Aww. living, breathing thing. No, I literally took a picture with several stuffed animals today oh, in my apartment. You. Yeah. I love my stuffy Chuck. What? Yeah. My oh. stuffed elephant Chuck. I love him. How long How long has he been in your life? Not long. Oh, okay. I got him as an adult. 10 years? That's, still, that's a that's long a time. Yeah. I was literally walking in Target one day and somehow ended up like in the stuffed animal aisle and this little cute elephant was literally sitting there by himself. Oh. <laughs> I legit had a moment of like this poor guy. Oh. This poor little it. guy. So I bought him. I rescued so nice. him. Wow. I re- he rescued oh, he, yeah, him. I was gonna he rescued you. I rescued him and I, yeah, he sleeps you need with the me every night. For your car. I love him. Oh. Brian's always like, who cool. rescued who? <laughs> yeah, I cannot relate to this whatsoever. I love him but so much. That's Presh. Yeah, he's so cute. Now I've seen him. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah, seen you've him. seen him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like around the apartment and shit. Yes. Love Scooby. One of the gang. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Scooby loves. Ripping up stuffed animals, mm. but I managed to make her realize like that's the one she can't touch. Really? Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, she sees me holding it every once in a while, or, like moving him around, so she knows he's mine. Yeah, she's she really she smart. Sibling. What? Well, maybe she uh-huh. thinks it's like another dog. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> you really like that dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get home and see Scooby. Um, Have you guys seen the sequels? I've yes. seen two, but okay. it's been yeah, forever. Yeah, I've only seen two, but okay. it's been a long time. <clears throat> should I see the sequel? You should two watch Summer sure. Party Massacre too. Yeah, the, it's okay. it's a musical. What? Yeah, yeah, it is. Ugh. It's a musical. It's about a band, and it's like sixty-two minutes long. It is <laughs> fantastic. The, so Courtney, I love a short alert, movie. Honestly, yeah. yes. Courtney from this movie is the lead character. She's but, the but main played character by somebody else. too, love but played that. by somebody else who's like twelve years older. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's her see. and her girl band are having a sleepover at this like abandoned condo complex. And, like, where's Tri- Where's Valerie? She's in an insane asylum. Oh, that's right. Okay, because you'd have to be crazy to take off running with a machete after dude yeah. like Valerie did. I, it's pretty awesome. And oh it my would, God, it would, I love uh, that moment. That I would really live with you. Do you <laughs> it really yeah. would. I mean, it's it's um, not a coincidence that she literally has on the same exact outfit as Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, right? Oh, Did shit. you notice that? Oh no, there's lots of Halloween stuff. There's yeah. the walking down the street and talking. Uh-huh. There's there's a that window shot, right? There's yeah, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even there's, just the like premise. them living by each other. Yeah, and, and the, the premise. Yeah. yeah. Did they live next door or across the street? 
It seemed like Valerie lived right next door. I thought so, but then they have that shot of Courtney walking up to the house, and it looks like it's across I the street. I was very, like you guys were saying, confused. Unclear on the geography <laughs> yes. of this neighborhood and the homes. There was like a backyard. Yeah, because when the boy runs to the front door, he like runs through a bush. So I'm like, is he going from the backyard to the right? Yeah. So he like didn't run across the street. Nope. But he crawled after being stabbed. (laughs) So I'm like, bitch, there's a doorbell to your right. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Ding dong. (laughs) Yeah, there's uh, not a lot of it. Not a lot of, uh, you know higher brain decisions yeah, being made yeah. i feel like we're all in our, we're all in our primal panic you know that's what i'm gonna go with that's yeah, my I therapist would love, say we're in a primal panic i love movies like this and halloween who managed to take southern california granted this movie owns that it's in southern california right yeah but like at night you really do they did a really good job of making them feel isolated from the rest of the world even yes. though they could have just went another house over mm-hmm. they could have gone on the other side of valerie yeah on the other side of their own house <laughs> But well, they that, that's where making... Mr. Mr. Content lives. Or oh whatever his yeah, name is. Mr. Content. <laughs> what was his name? That's what I thought it was. Contain or something. I'm looking at it. Up. Yeah, I was like, like, is it contempt? Mr. Contempt. Contain. Mr. Yeah. Cont- content. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that content. David Content. His last name's Kennedy, the actor. Oh. Um. And then like. Why did he go to the school? I'm trying to remember. Did he follow Trish from the very beginning or did he just show up at the school? He's just like, there. Picking he, people out, he, right? That, that person that was like on the ladder. Fixing, yeah, the like, telephone repair yeah. lady. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I got to get her van. He's just escaped from the, right? He's escaped from an asylum or yeah, something? Yeah. 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 No, he's not. There's not a larger plan. I think it's like we see, we, here I am at the school. I see mm. the telephone lady. I see the girl in the school and then a. Mm-hmm. Follow my way from girls to the oh, there their house. Yeah, and yeah. and that's what Michael Myers does too. Like he yeah. kind of you know just is around. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, another another remnant of this originally being intended as like a feminist parody of the slasher movie is that all the laborers in the movie are women. Uh huh. Yeah. Like the woman drilling the the peephole at the door. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I loved that shot. Yeah. yeah. Coach. Yeah. Uh, coach, the telephone repair person. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, where does the coach live? Like. Her layout is bizarre. Yeah. And she, why is your cat in a closet? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of people in the closet in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a question. I mean, Valerie and Trish are totally eye fucking. Yeah. In the shower. Yeah. Right. Like they're literally, that's a love story. Trish is eye fucking a few people in the shower. For sure. What does she say? She goes, you really played some great basketball out there. (laughs) Oh yeah. She's like, literally like, uh, (laughs) that's so right there. (laughs) That does seem like one of those memes that like Annie will share on Instagram or something where it's like gay code. You played some great basketball. (laughs) I'm gay too. Talk to me. Yes. You really served great basketball. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, really? Because they was traveling out there. Uh (laughs) It was wild. (laughs) I literally, I text Nate. I go, every one of these girls should have a broken ankle. (laughs) (laughs) I text me and he said, butts in the 80s were weird. (laughs) I said, 80s butts were wild. (laughs) (laughs) Made me think of, so when I used to work at Family Guy, I worked in production. And they wrote this gag about eight lesbians' butts and 80s jeans. Oh, I remember. And they literally were <laughs> a 
going around the office asking us all to put these jeans on <laughs> and then hold the jeans up as high as we could. So like we were essentially given the front part of ourselves wedgies, yeah. but the back would like almost become a pancake. And I just had that image in my yeah. head while I was watching the movie. And that's the when I text you, like, 80s butts are wild. It's the pants. Flattened triangular. Yeah. Flat. Yeah. It's like yeah. a bell. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's the pants. No, this is the thing is like, so I, I, my, side hustle up until I could make a living in filmmaking um, was uh, I was a fit model so I'd try on clothes for oh, a cool. living so I tried on a lot of jeans and then when we revived the super high waisted mom jean which is supposed to be an 80s thing the thing we're doing now is not a classic 80s because it doesn't have the compression well the 80s jeans that's flat. why everyone yeah everyone looked yeah. like a pancake because the jeans literally pressed the butt down exactly um but that's why I text you, 80s butts were wild. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the clothing. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah, we, we weren't doing the, the same butt-focused sculpting. Then. Yeah. I mean, it was more of a leg era. <laughs> Trisha oh, was, was shoulder. Shoulder. Shoulder, yes. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine her shimmying? Yes, I can. 3.7 uh-huh. on the Richter <laughs> But it is fascinating to watch older movies and to see, like, just the malleability of body standards. Oh, yeah. just, you know, how like what a moving target that is, obviously. Yeah. Um, like I've been watching a lot of movies from like the early 2000s because we've been flipping through Sergio's old DVD collection. Nice. And the way that people looked, the people that were quote unquote hot, like that were presented to you as hot people, it's it's so different from what it is now, from what it was in the 90s or the yep. 80s. And it's clothes you are know, so interesting. chilling. Yeah, well, the the early two thousands. Then you're dealing with an ultra low rise jean mm-hmm. and uh, the midriff tattoo, oh, like kind of. Oh, I was just emaciated. Thinking, um, how is everyone tattooed? Are you guys tattoo people? No, I um will eventually t- probably. Yeah, well, I don't know if you've thought about the tattoos you did not get but i yes i have yeah was just discussing today the labyrinth tattoo that i didn't get <gasps> as a tramp stamp that was like definitely gonna be the first tattoo and thank fuck my parents <laughs> didn't allow it because i would have dance magic dance like right over my oh ass oh my god forever okay i'm glad you thank clarified because i was uh, you're imagining infinite this a labyrinth goblin? Ta- i was uh, yeah hoggle basically <laughs> My my friend Charlie, uh, she was she was saying, oh, were you gonna get like Hoggle as like a as like a Calvin and Hobbes like pissing on your on, on your, your lower butt? back? Yeah, I was like, definitely, what? definitely not. I That's am creative. Currently uh, writing something. Maybe that will be my first tattoo. <laughs> I'm currently writing something set in the '90s, yeah. and I've been doing a lot of research on just like fashion. Fashion's so interesting. Yeah. First of all, just because it changes so quickly. Yep. Like there's such eras too. Like just in doing this research, like you could see, and I always feel like each decade is the beginning of the decade is part of the previous decade's fashion. So Mm -hmm. like up to like 92, it was still, we were kind of dressing eighties and stuff. But in watching this movie, it is, it is interesting because 90s fashion is disgusting. Like, if <laughs> yes. you ask me, I might, maybe it's because I've just been so immersed in it. And I'm like looking at, like, so I was Googling, I was specifically Googling um, red carpet looks. Oh, God. From the 90s and how many women. Those are rough. There was the, like a lot these, of some like, of these actresses today have to look back at those and be like, I'm really mad at the people that dressed me. Yeah. Because they're very. It's like almost mean in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. you know, they had no say in what they were wearing. There was a lot like of square do- like neck- doily type oh, shirts yeah. where literally it's like literally looks like they're wearing a napkin and that's it. Yeah. 
Um, the handkerchief uh, shirt. Yes. Yeah. Like literally a handkerchief, like the pocket square. It's like here, Tara Reid. Yeah. You get to wear a whole pocket square. Today. Oh my god! What did they do to her hair? But what the, did she do the to chunky her hair? bangs. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> but the thing that I love about this movie is watching, seeing some of that fashion in today's fashion. Yeah. It's kind of made like. Valerie looks great. Well, and the I baseball, love her outfit. The baseball tee nighty is awesome. It's amazing. For it. I, I want would, it. I want it. Someone private messaged me on Instagram last night because I posted a clip of the basketball game yeah. on my Instagram account, and yeah. someone screen grabbed one of the guys and said, "I want this shirt." Yeah, yeah. and I was like, "I actually really want that shirt too." It was the striped yellow shirt? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking now, at and the- I'm like, no shame and like no shade to anybody, and like I don't mean to body shame anyone by saying like 80s butts were wild it's just movies like this are such a time capsule i mean Mm -hmm. this uh this look even like this is the suspender kind of a situation Mm. on um is that kim kim yeah kim Kim had lots of looks i want that jersey dress not usa themed Uh, like a lakers jersey yeah yeah yeah, what does her shirt say space baby it's great. Yo, it's really great. I even love this like lake. low scoop neck thing going on. It's not kind of. It's very. It's hot. She's kind of a babe. Too. Yeah, like, not one hundred and fifty percent. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so just to as we wrap up, like, what do we think? Like, is this a gay movie? Is it a queer movie? Is it? I I I feel sane watching this movie <laughs> as a man. I mean. I I feel like queer women watching this film can see themselves in certain things. Um, it's not necessarily explicitly gay or mm-hmm. queer, but we find ourselves where we can. Yes, that's and I definitely it. I remember watching it in high school and then watching it again now, and thinking. What am I trying to say? So many of the things that happened are things that queer folks would do or would how they would act in not if they. Wow. (laughs) Say one sentence. I think what I'm trying to say, I think what I'm trying to say is that we all can find things in common with these folks in the film and we're gay so we're like that that's a gay thing like, I'm mm-hmm. like that space baby shirt that's gay yeah those shoulders that's gay i think but i think i think yeah space baby space baby you're gay yeah come on <laughs> i'm sure this is baby like gay. Yeah. yeah let's see if that insta handle is taken the suspenders oh. are i'm gonna look up space baby on instagram see if it's a queer person I, um, yeah, I mean, come on, you're walking, you're walking the Silver Lake Reservoir in that shirt with mm. your girlfriend for sure. And when I watch the movie, I feel like it's one of the few occurrences where the director and writer were actually making a movie about women, either for women, mm-hmm. straight women, or for queer women, yeah, and a little bit for queer men, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's maybe why I view it as a gay film because it. It feels like one of the few instances where it's like an all female cast and it's not for like men to to ogle, even though there is nudity, even though there is like the horny boys and like those kind of I feel like I don't know. It's got a different lens to me. Yeah, it has such a like uh, like a I want to say like a toothy, like a bitey take on whenever when anyone's being a 
pervert at the girls. The girls are just kind of, the girls are kind of like, ah, fuck. But that's kind of like they kind of treat the two dudes like fucking irrelevant. Yeah. Like, kiss on the cheek, go save our lives. They're like, please leave so we can practice (laughs) kissing. Yeah. We're in our underwear enjoying each other's company. Pardon you. Yeah, and I feel like you get all the the rainbow of masculine to feminine and all that from the women. Like I love that Trish is kind of like a masculine woman. Yeah. You know, and you don't get that from any of the guys. It's like we're gonna give this role that probably would have been a man in any other buddy anybody else's movie Mm -hmm. to our lease. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I kind of love that. So I don't know. That's why I kind of find it queer. Yeah, it's definitely like a gender spectrum movie. Like yeah. There's a lot of, I don't know, wibbly wobbliness in terms of <laughs> like how gender is presented, like in front of and behind the camera of like kind of flipping traditional ways that a movie like this would be made. I think that it's really easy, especially with this film, to read it without any of that. Yeah. Um, because it does retain that Roger Corman kind of exploitative angle, yeah, you're which, is, right. which is why I would not bestow it with a pride float. Cause it's, it's very confusing, but also being very confused about gender and sexuality is a pretty queer thing. So, like, you know. <laughs> and also slumber parties are just so Damn. queer because, you know, like if you grew up in an, in a community that was like only girls can spend the night with girls mm-hmm. and the queer girls are like, got him. That's fine. And vice versa. And do you notice they never are like, we need to get the boys out of the house. Our parents will kill us. Yeah. That's oh, like yeah. the only thing they don't care about their parents finding out about. Yeah. Because it's like not because we don't their care. Their parents are like, they're gay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I also love that like the three survivors are all very different characters. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they're all presented differently. Like they're like they're identity is so different and their their character portrayals are so different oh yeah it isn't just like the one straight virginal girl yeah it's like you kind of get that a little bit in valerie but she also is the one that fucking runs after the dude with the machete (laughs) and then you get like the sex positive 20 year old playing a 14 year old (laughs) 10 year old you know and then you also get trish who like has a little bit, of, which is why it's surprising in the sequel that Valerie is in a, an insane asylum because Trish is the one that closely hues to me as like almost having a break, mm-hmm. mental break. But she also like at the last second fucking runs out with a knife. Yeah. You know, so survivors. It really is. Uh-huh. It's like it's like the end of Halloween 26 <laughs> years early or 36 <laughs> years early at the last Halloween. And then they ruin that pool. Yeah, yeah. So no pride float for you. Yeah, that, that that's gonna be a no for me. What about you, Nay? Just a party. Yeah, yeah. a slumber party. Yeah, that's a easy. slumber party. Clearly, for me, I give them a car pulling a float. Does that make sense? They're driving the car. So they're driving the car. So they're like, "Hey, Trish, we're gonna do this pride float at the West Hollywood Community Center. Can we borrow your car to pull the fr- float?" And she's like, "Hey." I'll drive it. I think Trish is like, hey, I'll pull it. <laughs> <laughs> Over my yeah. shoulder. Yeah. Or, okay. <laughs> Just give me a rope. <laughs> or no, we could, we could hire the team of female laborers that runs this town to yeah. make all of the floats. Yes. Yeah. And I also think Trish and Valerie and Courtney would definitely offer up if they had a topless convertible to be the one that pulls the float. Yeah. It was the eighties. Of course they have a topless convertible. Do. Oh, I watched prom night. And I love that the, what's the, 
girl that Jamie Lee Curtis is like her enemy that Stevie? likes her. I can't remember, but Maybe. she has like the hottest car. And I was like, of course she does. 17 year old has that. Um, do you think it gets a pride float? Maybe? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm new here. So I don't, do, I don't do you want really me to feel, give you the definition of what a pride float is? No, I, 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 I get, but I, you I also can for sure weigh in. I think, um, not being aware of the, the full spectrum of what has, received floats and not in the past oh it's nonsense don't worry about it <laughs> we've actually given movies community service <laughs> sleepaway camp i i i, <laughs> I think i'm landing in uh, with your assessment which is like this is a this is friendly uh but not necessarily uh, i mean it's not wearing it's not wearing anything fabulous in the yeah in so the like maybe they're floor. not floating it up but like they're doing a collection of clothes that they'll take to the youth center on Saturday. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. It, it's Budweiser at pride where you're like, thanks for coming. Yeah. <laughs> I worked for, I actually worked the all state pride oh, booth. Okay. One, my first year that? in LA. It was great. We had nice. a, it was a, you know, when photo booths were still like the, the big the thing. rage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the rage. So ran an all state oh, sponsored. Yeah. It's a really I love a photo booth. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of wonderful because oh, yeah. I got to get paid to be there all day. I don't know. Yeah. It was nice. Yeah. And we were giving out free shit. We need a photo booth at our next live show. That's a really good idea. Yeah. And we are going to do one mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. year. We don't know when, but it'll happen. Yeah. I really, so yeah, Slumber Party Massacre is the Allstate photo it's booth. Pride, uh, it's Pride <laughs> adjacent. It's Pride adjacent. I love that. <laughs> it's involved. Yeah. Yeah. Probably uh, not as corporate as all that, but we, yeah. We've given we've given a movie like an actual we've made a movie Grand Marshal before, haven't we? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and we've given several movies communities. We well, make Hattie's hair like from single white female. Then we give Oh <laughs> No, it was just a big <laughs> floating <laughs> hair piece. It was just her we hair. are annoying. <laughs> Ew God. I bet there's somebody out there that put together our pride float assessments. I bet you could find a webpage. Probably. Or something. You should assemble and then have, we actually it, have should. it drawn. We sh- really should. It would be very cool. We yeah. should go through the episodes and figure out. Like, we should. God, there's. Yeah, we, yeah, we could arrange this we actual have parade. T- yeah. yeah, we should have a tally. Like, what movies didn't get a pride float? Yeah. I'm surprised there's not a wiki <laughs> well, <laughs> that somebody has done. That's intense. Um, I, I am very it. skilled with Excel. I'm not even like really involved. I'm just the guest. Do do it. Yes. Make Listen a to Maggie. Someone draw it. You can't turn down a guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a lot of fun. I really love this movie. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's a blast. I think it's a lot of fun. So you would all recommend so- people definitely oh, going yeah. out and watching Absolutely. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go watch the sequel now since you all Please. recommended it. You- D- don't go as far as three. That's fine. Okay. But some party Massacre two is a must watch for sure. It, there's a girl. It's an all girl band. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Uh, so that's I would recommend if you can watch it the way Maggie did for the first time, if you haven't seen it and yeah. watch it in the theater, if you can find a theater that's playing it, if you can't have all your careers over and watch it together, but it is a movie. I would say it is very enjoyable alone even. Yeah. And yeah, it is an cute. excellent slumber party movie. It is like, it's yeah, easy it's to really not funny. pay attention to if you don't need to, uh-huh. or if you, you know, if you got something else you're doing, um, it's super short. It's 75 uh-huh. like, minutes. What? 
You mean, oh, well. I was like, what do you mean, Brenda? I mean, well, I, whatever, well, you know, she got a gummy popcorn or whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. I feel like you could do, I mean, I haven't seen the second one, but you could do a double feature, have a little bit of an edible. Oh, like, yeah. Snacks. I wonder how long the second great. one is. It's it's 62 minutes. Yeah. It really is. Perfect. Yes. I'm no. not exaggerating. That would be I think a great double feature. Yeah. That might even it's include the- credits. That's one. It's 117 minutes according to Google. Google's wrong. And they're usually like Google five is, or 10 minutes higher. No, I so think, that's 67 minutes. No, the, the back of the um, box says like flat out 90 minutes. But I, when the credits it's rolled, I looked at the timer on my DVD player and I was like, this is a flat out, it's this amazing. is charlatanery. It's amazing. <laughs> Nice. I love an HBO drama length movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Although I do love a good two hour slasher. If it's oh, good. I disagree. I mean, Scream the Scream movies are all great. Yeah, they're all because they require that length. Because yeah, because they have they're done it. And they have a dense yeah. story. So they have the extended third act. And they also have stories going on. Yeah. Yeah. But like, <clears throat> look, I, I, I do have some love in my heart for Jason Takes Manhattan, but that movie does not need to be an hour and 50 oh, minutes long. That's an hour and 50 I minutes. Love Jason yeah. Manhattan. I just shat. That movie is 110 well, the, minutes long. The thing that I love about that movie is that when they finally do get to New York. It's um, got five minutes well, long. It's the version of New York that everyone's mom warned them about. <laughs> and yeah, it totally is. Like, the, like, don't go to New York. You're going to die. Yeah. So I was watching. I forget what I was watching, but that it was probably Crystal Lake Massacre or whatever. Or memories. Mm-hmm. But how the New York tourist board went fucking nuts when that movie came out because their first advertisements were the I love mm-hmm. New York, but instead of the heart, it was Jason's mask mm-hmm. or it was Jason's machete going like through, the heart. through the heart. Yeah. And the city of New York like went fucking nuts on Paramount. That's their branding, <clears throat> man. Yeah. Can't, can't screw with the tours, tourism yeah, and it branding. Is, it is trademarked and shit. Yeah. So, and I wouldn't fuck with New York ever. Yeah. yeah. Although that scene where he fucking kicks that boombox. Iconic. Bomb. Bomb. No, I love Jason Takes Man. Literally the only scene they filmed in New York. <laughs> That is, yeah. I have a large list of must watch now. um, Yeah. Including Jason Takes Manhattan. Watch all of them in a row. That's always good for. I do a rewatch of those every year, too. Oh, my God. Brian's always like, why do you watch this shit over? You've already seen it. I'm like, you don't understand how amazing it is to watch like eight Friday the 13th movies eight nights in a row. It is like a nice warm bath. It really is. And the day after this episode airs, we get a Friday the 13th. I know. Oh, yes. I'm actually going. So there is a theater on Wilshire that is doing a 40th anniversary screening on the 13th and on the 14th. And each night they're playing another movie with it. And I forget what movie is on the 13th. It's Friday the 13th and something else. But on the 14th, it's Friday the 13th and the final girls. Oh, and our former oh, co-host, Mark, is, Mark hosting, Fortin right? and Josh, his partner, writing partner and life partner are doing a Q and a after the movie. Okay. I need yeah, to that is a must go. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So look also, it up, Google it. Also, no doubt that my Betty Davis eyes song was heavily inspired by Mark and the final girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I haven't seen that movie in a while, so I'm really excited to like see oh, it. Oh yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Bravo on the song. By the way, oh, oh thank you. Um, I'll send you the link thank off you, the air for sure. Um, anything else, anybody? 
Um, it's a lot of fun. Just that this was amazing. But also, I'm going to be posting a link uh, for y'all to a dear friend of mine's AIDS Life Cycle fundraiser. I'm sure Love by it. this point, everyone is familiar with the AIDS Life Cycle. But if you're not, it's a very, 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 very cool um, fundraiser that happens every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to post a link. And for anyone that donates to my friend Nolan's uh, Nolan. specific fundraiser... I will tell an untold story, a story I've never told on air. Um, about your childhood? About my childhood. <gasps> oh, we could do a whole episode. Yeah, I was good. Yeah. Yes, done. So, um, you I'm, know, seriously, even. They won't even want to move three, five dollars, uh-huh. whatever. Um, the AIDS life cycle, it just does such amazing, amazing I'm work. Donate um, <laughs> 20, 20 times. I'm going to donate under fake names. Um, also, I'll, I'll post the link to that in the show notes as well. Perfect. Okay, perfect. And you know, Nolan, that's uh, one of my best friends. And so he rides, uh, he's ridden a few years before. Um, and so we're just gonna, and when do you go to New York? Uh, later this month. I'm so excited for you for that. Thank you. Me too. And where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Black Cupcake. That's B L A K K Cupcake, and you can find my art at Gaudi Los Angeles. Which is why you're going to New York. Yay. You're doing. A- I have a residency yes. uh, later this month in New York, um, and I'm on Twitter at Black Cupcake as well. What about you, Brennan? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brens. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Wolf Pod. Join our Facebook group at Attack of the Queer Wolf Pack on Facebook. You can also email us at QueerWolfPodcast at gmail.com. Oh, also, I would be loath if I forgot to mention that I did talk about Slumber Party Massacre on my own podcast, Scream 101, with BJ Colangelo. Mama BJ. Um, so you should also check that out. Awesome. Um, Obviously, you know, if we're talking about like a feminist parody slasher movie, you, you want to hear BJ's thoughts on yes. it. Yes. And you can Perfect. over there. You All need right. To have her on. And Maggie, where can yes. we find you? First off, I have a question for yeah. you. Yeah. Your movie. Yeah. My Valentine. Yeah. It's on Hulu. It is. How's it doing? You Do you get, any, do you you get never, reports back you, about no. any of that? No, no, no. Okay. I assume fairly. I know it's gotten really well, good reviews and yes. it's gotten really good. Anything I've seen online about it has been very positive. That's I have a great. question for you. It's produced yeah. by Scott Derrickson, right? It is indeed. How did that happen? Um, we were meeting with Blumhouse about a different script of mine that he is a producer on. And then we were trying to fit that into the into the dark realm. Mm-hmm. And it was, in my estimation, not going to be a good fit. But I knew that they had this February slot open. So I was like, I have another idea. Did you? So at that point, let's do like a two, quick two-minute Yeah buzz interview here yeah. so at that point you didn't have a script yet no so uh yeah i met with the blumhouse uh powers that be about a different thing and they wanted to put it in the into the dark february slot and it would have been extremely challenging and not really appropriate it would have been kind of like a square peg round hole um so valentine's day i had a general area that i already wanted to talk about some uh Things going on with pop stars in the news that I thought would be interesting and like a generally uh, like what's going <laughs> what's going on in abusive relationships right now is something that I really want to talk about. <laughs> a big cool horror movie area. Uh, yeah. So I mean, had, it is right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was that was the end of April, beginning of May last year. Oh, pitched wow. it, Wrote it in June. 
prepped in July, shot it in August, and it's out. And now. Scott boarded that as well. He, uh, yeah, well, because he was attached, he and uh, C. Robert Cargill were attached to the first one. They helped Shepard awesome. and, and were involved. Rad. In the, That's really rad. Really nice. I met him at the yeah. screening for the first time. He, he seems very lovely. Person. Yeah. 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 What and a great person a, to have in your corner. Yeah, and really a, a champion of, uh, I mean, both of those gentlemen championing um, diverse filmmakers of all of all stripes. You see, really Robert cool. Cargill has a really good Twitter th- account. If you yeah. aren't familiar with it, where he just doles out a lot of writer advice. It's for very folks inspiring. out there, not just for writing. It actually works. It 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 falls in line with really anything anyone yeah. wants to do. Just getting that's up and creative. being creative. Yeah. yeah. Getting up and doing what you want to do, even yeah. if it's for five minutes a day. Yeah. He tweets that a lot. I always really appreciate that. Cause yeah. there's moments where I'm like, I don't feel like fucking working today. Absolutely. And he'll literally have a tweet that says, if you don't feel that, if you feel that way, don't, but if you can do five minutes, do those five minutes, you'll feel great after yep. you do. And he's like, you're like, Oh my God, he's right. Yep. Absolutely. And it sounds a little like, cheesy but i think that's why it's so relatable it's, yeah and it's nice to have somebody out there sort of just daily cheerleading yes for for everybody you know and those kind of things are true yep yeah that's why people say they're cheesy or see say they're cliche because they're cliches for a reason yep and like reading his twitter account if i'm ever like sh- pissed off or like <laughs> so not motivated i can always find something that's just like, oh yeah write a half a page you're a half a page further than you were at the beginning of the day and it's yeah. like shit that's a really good way to look at life and when twitter is generally <laughs> a cesspool yes. it's just nice to have somebody there who's like being kind and positive see his smile yeah. on his AV I'm like oh there's yeah. Robert like, <laughs> quick yeah. breakdown of the premise uh, it is a oh boy I haven't had to do this in a minute holy mother um, <laughs> and it's always worse to do it in the shortest amount of time um, a woman a singer songwriter has had her Artistic identity and her songs stolen by her sociopathic narcissist ex-boyfriend. He has pasted them onto another girl who's blown the fuck up. Song, her oh. song is topping the charts. The movie takes place the night that our original girl is trying to play her first comeback concert, having, you know, gone through the pain and the trauma recovery and all that. Um, and he shows up, <gasps> locks the place down. Chaos ensues. Okay. Okay. It's fun. It's also a sneaky, a it's a sneaky musical. That's a great um, sell. My favorite kind. Yes. And that was a very good, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, very good quick sell. The uh, the songs, I believe, written by an amazing artist named Dressage. The songs are fucking bangers, um, which really makes the movie. I have um, listened to those and I put my stamp of approval. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, for... for the queer audience in particular, Sachin Bhatt, plays the uh, bartender, and he is um, a Bollywood babe for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You're speaking. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just, just, just speaking directing you all over right here. Now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then there is a there is a best friend relationship uh, with Julie, and uh, Julie is the best friend character played by Anna Akana. Uh, Anna and I had a discussion. Anna is a is a bisexual woman, and and we um, definitely. It's not we don't talk about but where where Julie it's, falls, it's but there. it is there Perfect. in our discussions. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yes. it sounds wonderful, and it's on Hulu now. If you haven't watched it yet, yes, yeah. it's good. Um, it's it's a fun time. Anything you want to plug really quick? 
Uh, you can just find me uh, at Maggie Levin on Instagram and Twitter. Um, there are more things that come in. There's um, some music videos out in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Mostly I'm on the social promoting everything all the time. Let us know if, um, when you post anything. Well, thank you so we'll much. Buzz it out there for this you. This was too. so wonderful. Thanks for being here. It was really great. Yeah, thanks for having me. I guess I'll plug me. Yeah. You can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Michael Ken Ken. You can find me on Instagram with my wonderful dog Scooby yes. at Michael TJ Kennedy. It's literally, I love Instagram. I hated it. Um, the young cast of my movie made fun of me for like the first six weeks of the shoot because I didn't have an Instagram account. So I created one and I'm already obsessed, <laughs> but I, I literally, so Twitter, I'll post something political or personal every once in a while, but um, Instagram is literally horror movie clips, my dog, or horror movie clips, right? Yeah. I don't think there's yeah. really anything else. And, and folks, that alarm you just heard was uh, my phone telling me to take my medication. Oh, <laughs> yes. So, so we got to go. Yeah, we are going to go. So anyway, follow us all. Find us all. And uh, thanks for listening to Attack of the Querwolf. Bye. 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 Attack of the Querwolf is a member of the Fangoria Podcast Network. Hosted and produced by Brennan Klein, Michael Kennedy, and Renee Beaver. Sound recording, mixing, and editing by Ernie Hurtado. Recorded at Rebel Talk Network in Los Angeles. Music by Von Kiss. Logo art and design by John Holland. For Fangoria, Dallas Sonier, Phil Nobile Jr., Jessica Safavamir, Brandon Wynerdy, Natasha Pacetta, and Rob Galuzzo. <laughs> <laughs>